Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Hoosier Myths and Legends Podcast. I'm Rebecca Wilhelm. I'm Mary Quigley. So Hope could not be with us today. However, I'm really excited because we have a special guest co-hosting with us today. Oh, hey, what's poppin'? I'm Earl Wilhelm. Earl's name may sound familiar to those of you who have been listening to us from the start of the podcast last year. Earl was the lead guitarist for the band Wet Blanket, who wrote our theme song. So you have heard his guitar playing on every episode. So Earl, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, Hi, my name is Earl. I'm Becky's son and Mary's nephew. Uh, Hope is my sister. I just graduated from high school, and I plan on going to college for music education and composition. Uh, I want to teach music someday, but, uh, you know, right now I'm working as a music instructor, and uh, I teach guitar and low brass instruments. Earl is also the frontman of a new band. Do you want to tell our listeners about your new band? Uh, My new band is named Lacey Lane. Uh, I'm the singer, and I also uh, do rhythm guitar and a lot of the writing. Uh, my buddy Ben plays lead guitar, uh, my buddy James is playing bass, and my friend Jake is on the on the drums, and uh, my friend Tristan comes in and plays keys sometimes. Earl and his new band are going to be working on a new song for another new project that Becky and I are working on, so stay tuned because we will have more information for you guys about our secret project later on in the season. So let's go ahead and get started on... Season 2, Episode 2. Join us as we dive into the spookier side of the Hoosier State. So what comes to your mind when you think of Indian? Uh, do you think of corn? Do you think of basketball? Do you think of the Indianapolis 500? Maybe you think of famous celebrities who were born in Indiana, like John Mellencamp or Michael Jackson. But as the saying goes, there is more than corn in Indiana. 92 counties make up the Hoosier State. In this podcast, we are going to discuss some Indiana folklore from each of these counties. If you are into tall tales, ghosts, or spooky legends, then this is a podcast you are not going to want to miss. In this episode, we are going to discuss a legend that occurs on an old country road in Clay County just outside of Brazil, Indiana. So the story we have for you today begins on a stormy October night back in 1894. A farmer named John Lowry is nervously waiting for his daughter Rebecca to return home. Rebecca, who is only 17 years old, had taken the horse and buggy to go to a church meeting. Suddenly, in a flash of lightning, Mr. Lowry sees the horse and buggy returning home. He breathes a sigh of relief and stands up to help, thinking he's going to help Rebecca put the buggy and the horses away. He's so relieved because you see Rebecca is his only child. And she's the only family that he has left. His wife had died giving birth to Rebecca. Suddenly, another flash of lightning reveals to his horror that the buggy has returned empty. Mr. Lowry quickly jumps into the buggy and heads to the church. He got about halfway to the church when he finds Rebecca's body laying in the road. During the storm, she had been thrown from the buggy and the wheels had severed her head. Rebecca was buried in the church cemetery, not far from where her accident had happened. John Lowry went insane and didn't speak much after the tragedy. Every night, people saw the light of his lantern as he frantically searched the hills and land looking for Rebecca's head. 127 years later, 
Many people feel that John Lowry's search has never ended. After his death, and to this day, people have reported seeing the light of a lantern. This is the legend of Indiana's Spooklight Hill. Spooklight Hill while I was in college. There are a lot of different versions of this story that I have heard over the years. Every version I've heard is a little different. Uh, there's a version I've heard where it's an old couple looking for a lost cow or something like that. Yeah, there are many different versions of this legend out there. And we're going to discuss some of the legends that we've learned about. The one I read to you guys at the beginning of this episode comes from the Terror Halt website. A link to their website will be posted in our show notes. I'm fascinated by the different legends and theories there are around these lights. I am too. And one of the things that really um, stood out for me in this is that in all the legends you hear, they all describe this light as being that of an old lantern. Ronald Baker's Hoosier Folk Legends book mentions that light does not have a pattern, but seems to go back and forth the way an old lantern may swing. Baker's book has a few different versions of this legend. The first account that Baker mentions comes from the Indiana State University Folklore Archives and was collected in May 1969 by a 20-year-old man from Terre Haute, Indiana. The legend is very similar to the one I read you from the Terror Hall website. The thing that stands out most to me is how she talks about how the light does not come out every time you go out there. Uh, she also mentions that even dogs that are in the area will bark when the light appears. It's very interesting to me that the animals can sense that there's something not right with this light that they're seeing. Ronald Baker's book also has the legend that it's not an old farmer, but an older couple's spirit that are out there searching the hills for their lost cow. This version of the legend says that an old man and an old lady lived on this land once. Uh, one night the herd of cows came in, except for one who was supposed to have a calf. The old man and old lady went out to look for the cow. There was a funeral the next day in a nearby cemetery, and the old lady fell in the open grave and died. A few years later, the old man died of natural causes. The lights are supposed to be from the lanterns of the old couple as they search for the cow. Talk about the worst way to die. So creepy to think of falling into an open grave. I know, right? Baker's book also has a pretty sinister version of the story. So this version has the daughter dating a Civil War era soldier. Very neat, because this version dates this legend even further back than most other versions of this legend do. We are going to read you Baker's version. An old farmer lived on a farm near Brazil. 
and had a young daughter that he was very strict with. And since his wife died, he never let her date. During the Civil War, a soldier came to see her, and she finally talked her father into letting her go out with him. Well, the father woke up the next morning to find his daughter laying dead on the steps. And since then, he's been out searching every night with this lantern. And he is said to be searching for the soldier who killed his only child. So this is a really interesting spin on the legend. Oh, yeah, it really is. So one of the things that stands out for me in this version, this farmer is basically out for revenge. Yes, I think this is something that many could relate to. The feeling of wanting to get even with the person who did something wrong to a loved one. Our podcast is growing, and it's so exciting to see all of our new followers on social media and the many downloads of our podcast. Most of our listeners come from iHeartRadio. However, we are on all the major podcast platforms. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us through. Your comments and likes help others find us. Thank you for tuning into Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. Now back to our show. So there is yet another version of this legend. Ronald Baker discusses a legend that it's Old Man Lowry looking for his head in his Hoosier folklore book. In this version, Old Man Lowry was plowing the field when he, uh, when he had an accident. Somehow during the accident, he lost his head. As in other versions that we've talked about, the light that's seen today is attributed to Old Man Lowry and his lantern. But what differs is, in this version, he's out searching for his own head. So I feel like we use this book a lot, but it's just a great resource if you're into Indiana folklore. This version is from the Indiana State University Folklore Archives. It was collected in March of 1972 from a 23-year-old female secretary. There's something else that is strange about this legend. Yes, this is the first version I see about this story that tries to debunk it in some sort of way or try, you know, to explain it. The legend in Baker's book ends with the lady saying, quote, Some guys from Rose Holman Institute of Technology went there and investigated it. For whatever reason, these guys couldn't find a reason for the lights. And so what stands out for me with this version is that the school that is investigating it is named. Rose Holman is a very good school. Do you think this was uh, a way to give the legend some type of credibility? It's a possibility. And I would be really interested to know if there's anybody out there, one of our listeners, that uh, perhaps is a graduate of Rose Holman from the 1960s or 70s that remembers this being investigated. Or if there's any more information or records on their investigation. True. Well, if you do a Google search, there's all kinds of different theories going on and listed out there uh, about what these lights could actually be. There are. One theory I read claims that the lights are just gas that comes from the elm trees. I've not heard about this, so I asked Earl to look it up on Google. So when I Googled this, it led me to the, uh, the Iowa State University's Extension and Outreach website. What I found out is that elm trees can let off a strange methane gas. Uh, what happens is they can get this fungus called bacterial wetwood. It's where trees look like they have this gross ooze coming out of the trunk. I wonder if this can infect, you know, different kinds of trees and not just elms. Because we had um, something very similar happen with our two large sugar maple trees that used to be in front of our house. I bet it can. 
Uh, it can. Uh, the website says that it affects maple trees in the same way, and uh, that there's a strong smell, uh, although I don't remember our trees smelling bad. True. I didn't either. Um, I wondered, because those stumps that are still in our yard, even though we had the tree removed, and they both have this kind of like a fungus thing growing off of it. They're pretty gross. Yuck. I hate that. Ugh, me too. So another theory is that the lights are just um, reflecting from cars on the road. I guess that could be possible. I see a road trip this summer to see for ourselves. Hey, I'm in. I've been out to the area, but I've never, ever been at night. It would be neat to see how close the road is to the hill. We see you. You're a dreamer. A visionary, the master of your own destiny. Well, what people don't tell you is that dreams aren't always easy. You probably feel weighed down and frustrated by all the little tasks that steal your energy and time. Good news, we can help. Becky and I have started a new business adventure called Quigley Virtual Services. We offer a wide variety of services to streamline your business and give you back your time. We can help you with everything from setting up and managing social media to proofreading and editing. Check out our website, www.quigleyvirtualservices.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram. So it seems like no one really knows what's going on out there at uh, Spook Light Hill. No, but whatever's going on out there, it's been a mystery for over 127 years now. It's just neat that there are all these different ways of explaining what's going on. What it makes me think of is there's a um, a legend I've read on different websites, and it's it's briefly mentioned even in Ronald Baker's book, and it talks about jack-o'-lanterns um, chasing people. Jack-o'-lanterns? Like, uh... Pumpkins? No, no, not talking about pumpkins. Um, what this is, is um, it's described like a ball. And many people kind of like describe it being similar to like a ball of fire. And it chases people. Creepy. That's crazy. Yeah, what's even more crazy is that I have seen something very similar to this that I have never been able to explain. What did you see? Wait a minute. You never told me this story, Mom. Well, it was not out at Spooklight Hill, and the light didn't chase us. But it was about 20 years ago um, when I first moved to Dearborn County. My friend Tracy and I, we were out riding around North Dearborn Road, out close to Sunman. Um, I was kind of like learning the area. We didn't have a whole lot of money, and... It was just one of those nights where you just, we had gotten fast food and we were driving around listening to music while dad was at work. And the closer we got to Sunman, we noticed these lights out in one of the farm fields. What kind of lights were they? Oh, Mom, it was probably someone's truck lights out in a field or something. It's probably just another one of your crazy stories with your eyes. <laughs> no, this was different. It literally looked like little balls of fire dancing. And I know that sounds crazy, but I know what I saw. And no, Tracy and I did not, we were not drinking. I, I would never drink and get behind the wheel of a vehicle. That That is just not something I would ever do. So I know what I saw, but I still can't explain it. It looked, it was about four feet off the ground. And they were moving kind of like in a circle. 
and they looked like little balls of fire. There was no one around. It was not quite dark yet. It was what I would call um, like twilight, so it wasn't pitch black. So definitely if someone was there making this, this happen, we would have noticed them. And at the time, it looked odd and strange. Didn't really scare me, though. It was just one of those things that was weird. Like, I don't know what I saw. I'm not quite sure, but it was very different. That is strange. Uh, I think I would have booked it out of there. Oh, that's exactly what we did. And, you know, honestly, I've really never driven out that way again after that in all these years. Have you heard about the legend of Spooklight Hill? Is there a legend about it that we missed? Do you have any idea what Becky and her friend may have seen out on North Dearborn Road all those years ago? We would love to hear about it. Please send us an email to legends at gmail.com. We may use it in a later episode. In the email, let us know if you wish to remain anonymous. Earl, where can our listeners go find out more about your new band? Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at, uh, at Lacey Lane Band. That's uh, no caps, no spaces. Do you guys have any shows scheduled? Uh, well, we have a show at the Oasis Restaurant in Lawrenceburg, Indiana on Thursday, August 26th at 7 p.m. Uh, we will also be performing at the Farmer's Fair in Aurora uh, on Friday, October 1st from 8 to 10 p.m. on the Gabbard Park stage. That is awesome. If any of our listeners are local to Southeast Indiana, come check it out and show some support for Earl and his friends. <laughs> To see our source material, please visit our website, HoosierMissAndLegends.com. Please find us and follow us on Facebook or on Instagram. Hoosier Miss and Legends podcast is a Quigley Virtual Services production. Our theme song was written and recorded by Wet Blanket. The song title is Taxidermy Race Car. As always, stay spooky.